With every choice we make, history branches in two, creating one Earth, where we made the choice, and a second, where we didn't. Multiverse would be a more apt description. But what's a multiverse? Multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. Who are you in this vast multiverse? <sighs> this shouldn't even be possible. I got a bad feeling about this. Multiverse is real. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and TV shows that accompany those universes. I am your co-host, Ben Rayside, and today I'm joined by my other co-host, Ethan Wensloff. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's always fun to come in here, talk with you, Ben. I love just talking... MCU, and we get the final chapter of MCU Phase 4 today, Wakanda Forever. If some of you guys thought this movie was a bit long, you were warned in the title with Forever. So there you go, Ben. I'm very excited to be here, and uh, let's go. Let's go, Wakanda. Right, to talk about Wakanda Forever. A lot of people wanted it to just be like Wakanda Forever. Eliminate the Black Panther because, I mean, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, this movie had to deal with the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. Has it been a year? Was it last year that that happened or two years ago? I I think it was two years ago. I remember I was still at H.R. Stewart when this happened. So, but I'm not sure. Yeah, August 28th, 2020. 2020. So, yeah. Over two years ago yeah. since this happened. And, and Ryan Coogler and the cast of this movie had the monumental task to make a, a movie that was not only compelling but honored their friend. And this is a movie that the director, Ryan Coogler, has said this is the hardest thing he's ever had to do in his career. So was it a success? I think that question comes with uh, a lot of answers that we're going to dive into today, but we're certainly going to attempt to give our thoughts, and uh, it's going to be a spoiler-filled uh, thought discussion on this movie. But uh, before we get into it, subscribe to our channel on YouTube and uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. we got a lot of cool stuff coming out. We're starting with Iron Man and the MCU with the MCU rewatch, and uh we're going to be taking a look at Marvel Phase 4 as a whole coming up here. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming on podcast format and YouTube as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Otherwise, let's open our sling ring and head over to the MCU. Now, war. He's coming. For the surface world. 
what you whisper. Wakanda Forever, man. It's out. Phase 4 is finally complete. And we just found out that this was going to be the end of Phase 4 like a couple months ago from Kevin Feige. So, along with the review of this movie, I'd like to take a look at Phase 4 and give our thoughts on that phase as a whole compared to the other ones probably and kind of go into that. But before we do, we're, we're going to talk about Black Panther because I, thir- I certainly have a lot of things to say. Yes, yes. Um, Ethan, first thoughts, initial, initial thoughts. So the initial thoughts is, uh, it's, is plain than obvious. This isn't the sequel that anyone wanted. You know, this isn't the sequel that Ryan Coogler wanted. This isn't the sequel that the, all the actors in the movie wanted. This isn't the sequel that phase four that Kevin Feige wanted. This isn't the sequel that us as fans wanted because we want Chadwick, man. And, it's tough when real life circumstances come into the situation and really, really affect the overall story of the movie. Because I just uh, remember an uh, interview with Ryan Coogler, how he was saying he had just finished scripting Black Panther 2 and he uh, was texting Chadwick Boseman, wanting him to read it. And then uh, a couple of days later, Chadwick had passed. So it it's just so sad to think about that. And when you think about that and you consider everything that went into this movie and how it was produced during COVID, how it was produced during mourning for everyone that went into it, I can't help but really appreciate this movie as a whole and uh, just enjoy it for what it is because I think everything that concerned us about going into this movie, they really hit home. They really did what they needed to do with it, in my opinion. I think all the the actors display the weight that this movie's supposed to have. The tone of this movie is exactly what we needed it to be. I think there was maybe one or two jokes in the whole movie, which I really respect them for just uh, having the, the patience and the the willingness to sacrifice the humor aspect for the serious tone. And the movie is a bit long. It is a bit long in some parts, but also I really appreciate that because we need to sit with this feeling. The whole movie is very symbolic, and I really love the the opening scene with um, uh, Ramonda and uh, Shuri as they're sitting by that fire, you know, when Namor first interacts with them, and she's like, in order to move on, you have to burn these ropes, and uh I knew, okay, the movie's going to end with her burning those ropes. So I think they set that up really well in the start. And then you get her emotional journey throughout the whole movie. Letitia Wright, just shout out to her because that was a big concern going into this movie is can she be the lead? And because we, we, we weren't the biggest fan of her character in the first one. So seeing her take the leadership role is huge. And I think she not only pulls it off, but she is a killer 
lead performance in this movie and you feel that weight like yes she lost a friend in Chadwick Boseman but on screen you see she lost a brother in T'Challa and it translates so well so I think all the emotional beats of this movie hit really good and uh the villain in Namor I really enjoy and just it it's not the most it's not fun it's not meant to be fun and I think the action sequences do lack a little for me but where I wanted this movie to succeed in the heart and the substance of the emotions I think they really do hit home with all the Chadwick tributes and all the the moving on without T'Challa I'm very surprised first of all that was a great that was very well rounded that was a very well rounded response to the question of black, how is Black Panther? What did you think about it? Because it's, I mean, you, it's, it's, you can't just say, no, I liked it. There's more to it than that. There has to be. I was so surprised with how they did handle it. I think they did it. I think they really did too. I, initially, I was a little hesitant. They give him a disease. Yeah. In the movie. That, Very. That's, that's how he passes on it's not not a, a heroic death in battle it's a different kind of battle and this is my thing it because i i personally really hate it when movies uh cgi faces of dead actors onto a character i think it it doesn't work as well as studios think it does sometimes and it's sometimes distasteful so i really really appreciate them not doing that and they just, they said it how it is. They, Chadwick suddenly passes in our real life, and he suddenly passes in the MCU. And as far as the story goes of the MCU, there's no way to not bring real life into it. There's no way to separate fact from fiction because that it just, it's a tragedy. It happened, and it also happens on screen too. So, yeah, we lost. Chadwick and we lost uh, Black Panther all in one. And that was what I liked after thinking about it for a while because we as an audience got to live through that when he died. Yeah. They get to live through it when he died in the movie. And so when they reference it, like I, I'm pretty sure Shuri talks about it, when my brother was taken from me so suddenly with an unexplained illness that we couldn't treat just like we can't treat like we can't treat that in the real world too like it almost is a break the fourth wall moment in the most tasteful way possible yeah yeah that really hit home and it was like wow initially cuz at the start they only let you live there for like 5 6 minutes she's in the lab she's trying to cook up some some herbs to save him she can't do it they have the funeral and then boom one year later Mm -hmm. And so it's like, whoa, I want to like kind of, but you were right in saying that the whole movie is kind of living in that reality. And as the movie goes on, you're like, holy catfish, this is really Shuri's movie. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we already said spoilers at the start, but the queen dies. Yeah. You get the queen, you get King T'Chaka's death, you get T'Challa's death, and then you get Ramonda's death. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. So not only does Shuri have to 
like she's the one to hold up the next mantle of Black Panther. She's the only one who can. Yeah. At this point, she has no choice. So we, as an audience, like you can't be mad at that that no. they gave it to Shuri because I mean she's the only one left. I mean who are they going to give it they, to anyway? You see her in the trailer wearing the suit, and you're like, ah, oh, how how is this not going to be distasteful? And then in the movie, they do it so well. She earns that suit. The whole movie builds up to that. She's hesitant to it at first. Her mother, Ramonda, is like, you, we need a new Black Panther. And then she makes the new heart-shaped herb And after her mother passes. And then she is like, I, we, need, we need Black Panther. We need it. And, yeah, it's not the – I like what you said about how they should, should take the Black Panther out of the – the title because it really is just Wakanda forever and you don't feel like it's a very Black Panther heavy movie because I don't I don't think they wanted it to be I think everything they wanted this movie to be it it hit home and I think like so the production of this has been all over the place due to COVID due to Shuri, I mean, Letitia Wright was injured for four months on the set of this movie. I mean, she's expressed her discomfort of this movie. And it's almost unfair of her to ask because <laughs> she was not the lead. She was not supposed to be the lead of this movie at all until Chadwick passed. And she was given like, I'm, I can't imagine what happened when he passed away. And then they were like, hey. We need you to take up the yeah, lens. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I mean, that would be a monumental task going from the sister of Black Panther in like I mean, she's she's in what? A few scenes in the in the first one? She's in like one scene in Infinity War. Like She, she has a famous what are those joke with Chadwick. She's not the focus even. No. Like barely any of it. And then for to ask her to be the lead in the movie, like that's a big ask. It is. And so I I really do think they did it very tastefully. And getting that all out of the way, I think the movie does succeed in making it a tasteful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I think it's long. Mm -hmm. I I think two hours and 41 minutes making it the second longest movie in the MCU, Passing Eternals. There's a lot. And I know this movie had a lot to do, but there are some moments that I feel drag. For example, Ironheart sitting and thinking about that plot mm-hmm. I don't think she needed to be in the movie I think this was a a shoehorn in to get her her own series which Marvel is known for doing which is fine and I think she does a good job with what she's given but I don't think she needs to be a part of this movie I think this can succeed without her yeah no even I- after she builds the thing I mean you have that the 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 ship that the uh, Talacan's fine, which we're gonna. I want to talk about them too, but you have that ship that she, uh, the device that she builds, and I, I get why she's in the movie. I just think if you cut her, not much changes. No, yeah, not much changes, and I think the way they did it was really good. The introduction of the character, um, they did it about as well as they could have, and it was cool to see her suit up and, uh, I don't know. It, Dawn a suit before she's back to her low budget TV show on Disney Plus, so it's cool to see that origin. But yeah, I don't really. It's like it. It's not her movie. It's uh, they don't really give her any a lot to do. It's cool to see uh, Shuri get a friend and someone to confide in. 
but also we have all these other characters that she can do that with too. So yeah, she was kind of shoehorned. It's uh, and maybe she learned Wakanda and Tech a little too quickly also, but it's it's not a big negative for me. I I do agree with you that at some points this movie feels long, but also I kind of enjoy it being long too because we really do get to sit in emotions, which the movie needed, we all needed as fans, and the MCU needed so it can move forward without a King T'Challa. So how do you feel about about Namor and the, the Talacans, I believe is what they're called? Because that, I mean, that's a big, the big new addition and something that was always, from the beginning, even with Chadwick Boseman, always supposed to be the villain of this movie. This was the plan from the start. So they stuck with it. How do you think they did? I really like Namor and the Talokans. I think it is just so interesting the the way that they introduce us to this world and how how natural naturally it feels. So I, I really like Namor as a lead. He uh maybe his motivations are somewhat generic, but I mean that's very MCU to have generic motives. So I don't really care about that, and I think his power set super cool. I think he maybe gets taken down a little too easy in the final battle, but other than that, I think he's just—he's really fun. I like the—he's just his raw hatred towards humanity because of what he's experienced. The few times he's come up to the surface, that all he's seen is just people being horrible, just humanity being awful. So he's like. All right, Shuri, let's let's team up and burn the world. Let's destroy all of humanity. So, in that aspect, it is generic, but also you could you could see someone doing that. I think they can do that plot well. I mean, they did it in Man of Steel. I think very well. His goal is to destroy the humans so that they can live on. Krypton can live on. I mean, they can live on in the same way, but it's generic. I think they can do it well. I think they do it very well here in I love everything to do with Talacan, except for when they go underwater and see the civilization. I would say that's a big negative for me. If you've seen Aquaman, you can't really compare the two, the cities. When he when he takes Letitia Wright, Shuri, underneath the water and he shows them his kingdom, it's cool and the soundtrack is cool, but what you see... There are going to be comparisons from Talacan to Atlantis, and I think there is no comparison because Atlantis is way cooler. I was looking for a little bit more from Talacan, but the vibe and the atmosphere that they produce from that underwater village and the, the blue people and the citizens and their power sets, I loved every minute of the screen time when they were on screen, like when they attacked them on the bridge at the start with the Koye, that's a, yeah, great a to, scene. like yeah. Atuma was awesome. They don't really, they're not really developed other than Namor, but the music, their their choral singing, their power sets that they just like that was chilling. At Suicide the start. jumpers, yeah. right? That was like yeah. what? Holy crap! This is like kind of dark, and it feels very alien to me. In a way that, I mean, they're on Earth, but it feels like a different civilization. They do that. The best way to do that is through music, and that was done so well. There's a song. I'm not, I can't remember the name, but the song that they used to represent that whole city was epic. And that's another thing that this movie does really, really well. And something that I often criticize the MCU for is the music and the soundtrack. 
Black Panther 1 had a, fa a fantastic soundtrack and musical score by Ludwig Göransson. Shout out to him, he does the Mandalorian stuff and he's done a lot of other cool things. He's probably one of the most talented composers up and coming in of our age, but I mean he does a great job, great job at the start of this movie and throughout the whole thing. The new Black Panther theme that he gives Shuri is awesome. I think it shines the most when focused on Talacan and the new Black Panther theme. I think that's really, really cool. But no, the Tala the I don't even the Talaconese, the Talaconians, I don't even know what you call them, but that whole civilization was really, really epic. Yeah, and I like how rural it feels underwater. Like, sure it's not as a big in spectacle as some other things might be, but it felt very real, like this is an underwater nation. This feels very natural, just how it would be, and that they haven't surfaced until now because they haven't really been bothered until now. I don't know what the, the rig that Rory Williams built that the CIA was using to dig for vibranium, but I don't know what that's called, but when that messes with uh, Talokan, they're like, all right, now it's time to mess with humanity because they've they've struck first so it was cool to see that and just such a natural way to introduce this this uh just whole new nation into the mcu because there are a lot we've seen a lot less natural ways to do this before so it was really cool just to be like yeah they they were always here and it it felt way more natural than it did with the eternals or um what, what's another example i what? guess Shang-Chi, when they yes. introduced that other realm. Yes. But in a way, it feels like Shang-Chi in that I'm so excited if they use them again. Because I remember when Black Panther came out and they had that rich culture that they built. They've done that again. And if they were to show up in another movie, I mean, they, they I, I would assume they're not going to have an Avengers Infinity War type scenario where they go to Talokan and they have the rally all the citizens but i hope they have at least some of them or even namor himself because i mean he is a hero at times in the comics go up and help the heroes because his power set is really cool i can't believe that the the stupid winged the wings on his feet and his under like his literally underwear suit i mean that that is his suit in the comics they made it work yeah for me i mean i mean walked out of the water looking when he, I cool. mean, when he was a kid and he, he started flying, that was a little corny. But it's fu always fun to see people's reactions who aren't familiar with it. Like, oh, the the, the stupid wings. Nah, those wings are sick. It's so funny that this guy just has wings on his feet, and I think it's really cool. And big thing. I mean, you you watch Miss Marvel, but I mean, this is full on the world's first mutant. Yeah, like he said, just say it. He dude. drops it. Yeah, I was. I'm a mutant. Right, and so. As we go on, guaranteed, I would say that he's going to play a huge part in being a mutant going forward. But the more we start to see these mutants come forth in the MCU, the more I start to get excited to see the, all these characters come into the fold in the future. Obviously, we got to wait till 2025 because of the big no recast rule until then. But 
they're starting to lay the groundwork, man. Yeah, and I think if anything that Phase 4 has accomplished, it's been, especially with She-Hulk, to throw a compliment at She-Hulk's way, it's established that there are superhero beings in the world that we haven't seen that just because you didn't fight in the Battle of Endgame doesn't mean you weren't around then. Like the Eternals weren't in Endgame. We had that new nation and Shang-Chi wasn't in Endgame. The Talokans weren't in Endgame. So it it's just, it's cool what Phase 4 has done with this to sprinkle it throughout in just, just a natural way. World building. Yes. I would say this movie does good at doing that. Because Which I, the first one also did fantastic yes. at. And I think that's what you get when you hire a guy like Ryan Coogler. Who's not like this is Ryan Coogler is to Black Panther as James Gunn is to the Guardians of the Galaxy, as in he cares so much about this character and the legacy that they are going to have going forward. And when you have that, you're going to get a good movie, you're going to get solid, epic action films. Whereas when you hire, you know, a random guy to direct, you know, I don't even know who direct Black Widow, you know, but. I'm saying that that guy was probably hired on I to make Black Widow, whereas a guy like James Gunn or Ryan Coogler has a story that they want to tell with the character. Yeah, I like giving directors these. I like giving directors characters, and yes. that's their their baby, their thing to write, their thing to direct, and just work on because then they can perfect their craft and they. They have the best understanding of these characters when you bounce from director like the Russo brothers for with Captain America when they got him, they killed it. They were great, and then they were so great that they let him do Infinity War and Endgame, and they were executed those to perfection also. So it's it's cool when you let a director sit with characters, what they can accomplish and how they can grasp just the the worlds that they've created. And that is the biggest thing, especially in a universe like this. And I know it's hard because the MCU has these parameters that you have to set on each movie that, hey, you have to sprinkle this in, you have to have this in, like you have to put Ironheart into this movie. But even then, it's like, I talked about world building, but you don't just get that with Wakanda and Talokan. You also get that with, you know, Everett Ross of all characters Who's in this? I didn't even know he was going to be in this movie. When he showed up, I was like, "Oh, what? I rem- dude, I like this character." But he's married. He was married to Vontain, the Madame Hydra, supposedly. That's her comic name, but I'm pretty sure she's just a director in the CIA at this point. But I mean, she. I mean, she's going to be pretty important going forward. But she has been sprinkled throughout Phase Four, and now we get this history with the CIA agent. I was surprised they didn't do more with her. I think if a certain post-credit scene wasn't taken away, we might have gotten that, but we're going to talk about that later. Um, otherwise, I would say soundtrack nailed it out of the park. I would say the tribute aspect of this movie really nailed it. They knocked it out of the park, and I think they nailed almost everything to do with Namor and his the Talokans and the people like that. And I actually did like most, most of the action and choreography in this movie was great. But I mean, obviously I think there needs to be a little bit more. I think a a criticism that's going to come of this movie is that it's slow. Yes. I think that's going to be a lot of people's, I I, I mean, I've kind of seen a little bit online. I mean, we're, I mean, we're one day out. We saw it last night. Yeah. So 
were so one day it'll, it'll be a very divisive movie yeah. if if the heart aspect doesn't work for you which i think it works really well for both of us then i don't think the movie will work for anyone else who doesn't get that that core of the heart because it's it's a tribute to Chadwick, and I know leaving the theater last night, some of the people we saw it with were like, "I wish it was more of a tribute to Chadwick." And I I don't see that complaint at all. You get you get the whole opening funeral sequence with him. You get the silent uh, yes. MCU yes. logo panning up with all of Chadwick. That was chilling, man. Yeah, and then the whole movie mourning his loss. Sherry's Letitia Wright plays it to perfection, in my opinion, just carrying that weight through the whole movie, not burning the robes. And then at the end, she burns a robe and you you see her memories of Chadwick. And I, th- I think the whole movie works really well on that aspect. And now as an action piece, it uh, this is more of a drama. You know, we come to the MCU for action and spectacle, but this is a character drama. It really is, and you sit in those emotions, you sit with those beats, and I think people who who can't handle that, like for me, I'm, I'm a TV show guy, so I'm used to sitting down watching characters sit in moments and feeling emotions and really building to something because you're sitting there like, man, I, I want to see Black Panther, but no, they progress through the movie, they slowly build to Shuri earning that mantle, and... I think the performances in this movie are killer by everyone. We've been highlighting Letitia Wright, but I mean, they they all came to play. Angela Bassett as Ramonda. Yeah, just, she was awesome. She killed it. And Denai Guerrera as Okoye yes. also killed it. And just all the all the act, actors just really came to play and they knew what they were doing. I don't know that I can pronounce the, the guy who played Namor, but he was fantastic, man. He was great. Tanak Herta. I don't think that's right either, but that's how, I, that's dude, how it's I, I looked at his name earlier. I was like, hmm, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna try and pronounce that name, but who, like you did awesome, man. You were so good. And I, I was thinking about it as the movie was going on. I was like, what, remove yourself from the situation. You know, we're two years out from Chadwick passing, but like twenty years down the line when I'm showing my kids this. Yeah. And they're fans of Black Panther, the first one. Like, dude, I'm so ready to see. I'm going to have to sit down and explain what happened. Yeah. You know, because they're going to go in expecting the next Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And it's not. So it's just, it's a very interesting situation. And now more than ever, you have to treat it like a TV show, you know? Like, there's so much storytelling that goes on in a way that it's like you have to involve viewers who are new to it. In the behind the scenes, yeah, you have to let them know why, why, why is it like this? Why are certain things that way? Well, that's real life. Sometimes real life comes in the way, and I love this because this is a perfect segue into the recasting of T'Challa. Because a lot of people, when the news happened, it sucked, and uh, but people wondering Black Panther, what are they going to do? They got to recast him, right? Are they going to bring Killmonger back? What are they going to do? But, Ben, I want to get your take on the choice to not recast T'Challa. How do you feel about that? And moving forward in a world without Black Panther, where they just he just passes away in the film as he did in real life. So I was, initially I was like, good. They're not going to recast him. 
I think to pay the legacy, you need to not just go forward like it never happened. But as I started, like, I really thought about it for a while. We've been in this, obviously, for two years now. And I was like, the symbol of Black Panther means so much to everyone else. In a way, I feel like there's, if it was under different circumstances, I feel like there would have been a way to recast him respectfully, just because this is a movie like in this universe. But you look at the behind the scenes, and Ryan Coogler and Chadwick Boseman were like, like, like they were really good friends, yes. man. And Chadwick Boseman is like an icon to the world at this point. So I don't see a, a way to recast him respectfully. Like no. I don't, I don't, I just don't see that way. But like, it, my selfishly, I was like, oh man, I want to see Black Panther. Like I really want to see that character. Can I watch him as anyone else besides Chadwick Boseman, though? You know, in in you know, I, I guess three movies with one solo film. He really put his stamp on that. We got four performances. I mean, I guess if you count Endgame, yeah. But like, I I don't I I don't see a way you can do it. No, I. I just don't. Yeah, there's no. To me, there's no other choice. They they couldn't recast him. To me, we. I love the actors that portray the characters as much as I love the character. So putting someone else in that suit. Just randomly starting the movie with a new actor. I don't think it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all. And it it sucks. Like you said, you'll have to sit down and explain to your kids what happened before watching this movie with them because that that is the truth. You're gonna story wise in the MCU, it doesn't make sense why they would do it. But you gotta you have to have real life into this. You have to consider that and. To me, no one else could have done, did what Chadwick did. Like, you put someone else in that suit, it's just, it's like, no, this, this isn't right. This isn't Chadwick. This isn't the character that we love. Like, I don't love Captain America because I love Captain America. I love Captain America because of what Chris Evans mm. brought to the role and who he was as that character, how he played that character. So, like, when, for example, when we if we were to see a variant of Captain America, and we get examples of this in uh, Multiverse of Madness, we see variants of characters. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Reed Richards, cool. John Krasinski, cool. But I don't know. There's no, The character's cool, but there's nothing about this performance that I enjoy. So when he dies, it's it's just fine. So to me, like the, the Robert Downey Jr. and the Chris Evans, they elevate the character. And the Chadwick Boseman, too, will throw him in there. They elevate the, the character to more than a character to me, to like uh, this this level that you can't just replace that person. It's it's a it's a situation that you never want to come across, and it really is sad that this happened. So it it's a tough situation, and I think that they did the best thing they could have done is they kept characters from the first movie in there, characters that we knew knew T'Challa, knew Chadwick. And they killed it, man. I think for Brandon Davis said this uh, in his review. He said that you you feel T'Challa's absence in the movie. 
you feel like, oh, this movie's missing a character. And it's because it's missing T'Challa, and you need Chadwick in that role. So it's really hard to recover from that, but I think that the rest of the cast showed up every day ready to work. They contributed their all, and they made the best movie they could have without Chadwick at the helm. I want to talk about the end, because at the at the very end of the movie, you get the post credit sequence that has T'Challa. Prince T'Challa. Our, Prince T'Challa. Yeah. We get the reveal that T'Challa had a son. With Nakia. With Nakia. Yeah. And we get that in a post credit scene. Letitia Wright, she, Shuri burned the robes, and then we get the reveal that he's his son. And I was like, what? I don't know how, like, at first I was like, what? Why are they doing this? What's going on here? They they didn't really set this up, you know? There was no setup for that at all. Then then it just happened. Hmm. So I don't, like, even now, I don't know really how to feel about it, you know? Like, was that a good decision? We're not going to see him as Black Panther for a long time if he is supposed to be you know we get that we get the words at the end Black Panther will return mm-hmm. we don't know which Black Panther or what will return like is it going to be Shuri or what but it's interesting going forward because the, like Marvel's plan was to make Black Panther the next Captain America figure yeah. as yes. part of the Avengers and so they don't have that now. No. And this was the biggest, like, I think this was the biggest wrench, honestly, in phase four that really turned it on its head. Because going forward, you, you have your phase four. This, in the release order from which movies came out was not supposed to happen. Like, it got so jumbled because of COVID. Like, going forward, you're going to see a lot more of a clear cohesion cohesion and yes. timeline and everything's going to really work out the way it's supposed to but like this movie is supposed to come out like last year mm-hmm. like before a lot of these projects not that it really matters because it's very self-contained but it's just really interesting to see how phase four sh- like shook out to be you know was it a success i would say in a way it's a lot more complicated than, than yeah. yes and no. And I want to bounce back to Prince T'Challa. I, to me, that reveal, like the way they end the movie is perfect with uh, Shuri burning the robes and then you see her memories of Chadwick. That's good. And yes. the shot of her, tears fall on her face and the credits roll. And then you have a little continuation in the post credit scene with Nakia revealing, uh, I, I left because of this you're because you're wondering why why would she leave why would she go to haiti right and so i do think they set it up really well within the movie and they did as well as they could and reveal revealing the sun and uh that t'challa didn't want him a part of this world to be king so i i personally really enjoy it regardless of if he has a role going forward and i don't think it matters if he has a role going forward because to me, it just it what it symbolizes means more than what it is, because it's like yes, this character we love gets to live on through his son. The bloodline is still here. He's he. This is still T'Challa. This is younger T'Challa. This is his son. 
but it's cool to see that they they live they get to uh, move on with that. Now, is he gonna wear a suit in the next movie and be little young T'Challa? No, I don't think they'd go that direction. And there are a lot of theories about doing time travel or multiverse stuff with him, but I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do moving forward. But it's just it's. I thought it was a good choice, and I really like that they did that. So you you're you're a fan of that. You're I'm a fan, a fan of, of the reveal. Yes. Just just the idea. The, of the what it that, symbolizes. Yes. What it symbolizes. Okay. We had Chadwick ripped away from us. We had the character ripped away from us, and I, I can't even imagine what it's like for all the actors in the movies, just what they're feeling. But the fact that they bring this younger T'Challa in, it just feels like. Oh, he gets to live on in some capacity. Hmm. I also want to mention a a a deleted, I would say, according to you, yes, post credits. Let me fact check this. That was going into this movie. I really there was concept art about a Doctor Doom cameo being in this film. I was very supportive of this. Uh I really, I really would have loved to see a Doctor Doom cameo play into this. I mean, it's the end of Phase Four. I would have thought that something would have happened to tease a larger, like universe in a way. But hearing that this has been a uh, a project and a movie that's completely for Chadwick, I understand why it was cut. I still think a Doctor Doom cameo would not have been like. I don't think it would have been distasteful, in my opinion. Yeah, and the, Ryan Coogler, he came out and said this, that the, the post credit scene we wanted, or we didn't want a post credit scene because this was Chadwick's movie. It was The whole tr- thing was a tribute to Chadwick. It started and ended with, you know, for Chadwick. And so he felt like if they threw an end credit scene in there, it would have felt like, okay, yes, here was... Here was Chadwick's uh, life. This was his movie. And then boom, oh, Dr. Doom right here. There you go, Secret Wars. So I I also feel that it would have been t- distasteful, in my opinion. So I like the choice to not do something in that end credit scene. Now, would it have been cool to see Dr. Doom per se? Yes, it would have been awesome because we know with Secret Wars coming up that Dr. Doom has to be introduced in some capacity unless they... Uh, re-adapted and Kang is the big bad of Secret Wars too. I I don't think they'd go that direction. No, but I don't think they would either. Kang's going to be Kang Dynasty. Secret Wars is going to be something else entirely, or maybe not. You know, I, I'm not in the I'm not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe writing room. You know, I but I think that's the whole reason of a, a post credit scene. You know, after the movie ends. You know, the movie is done. You've had your time to live in it. And you get a little tease at the very, very end, you know? Yeah, Ryan Coogler compared it to the um, endgame post credit scene. It's like, yeah, they didn't want to do a post credit scene in Endgame either because that was just, that was the ending. So it it was interesting to hear him say that and compare the two. So I like, I like, I like buttoning it up and knowing, yep, this was the story. Hmm. Because a lot of, this is what Real Reject says a lot, is they compare the post credit scene to, oh, an advertisement for the next thing. 
And I don't know if if it would have been right to throw an advertisement for the next thing in there. That depends on, yeah, absolutely, I agree. It depends on how the post-credit scene's portrayed. Mm -hmm. I think we have had post-credit scenes like that where it's like, oh, here you go. Here's the next thing we're doing, you know. I think post-credit scenes like Iron Man work because Mm -hmm. you have the main character and he is being visited by Nick Fury, which directly portrays the next movie, but it's a part of, it can still be a part of that film. So, if I mean, if it was just to go to Latveria and be like, I hear something that's going on in Wakanda, I want vibranium. Like, that would have been distasteful. Or um, Hercules, for example, in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. There you go, that's another Go kill Thor! Right. So it's like, hmm, doesn't really, I don't know, it it just doesn't really make sense. I think sometimes, like when a postcard scene is good, it can leave you like super high. But for me, a lot of the phase four post-credit scenes have been like, what the, yep, what is that? Yes. So I would have hated to leave this movie going, what the, what is that? So I like that they did that's that because there's no confirmation that it would have been a Doctor Doom post-credit scene. Those are just the heavy rumors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. But yeah, this is the end of phase four. So yes, for sure, what I consider to be one of the, uh, I used the word interesting in the theater last night, one of the most interesting phases of the MCU and for sure the most non-cohesive phase of the MCU and the first phase really, the first phase to not have an Avengers movie in it. So really us as fans know it's different. And Marvel Studios knows it's different. Kevin Feige, he's come out and said, like, th- this phase is about new beginnings. And the de- the dealing with sorrow and grief, I feel that those two things have been very, like, imperative and have been, like, the, the key points of a lot of what this trilogy, or not trilogy, phase is all about. We got introduced to a whole lot of new characters we did. in this phase. So maybe the fact that there's not like a whole team up movie, I might consider that a disadvantage, but I can see why they're like, all right, going forward now, yeah, we're gonna really, I mean, push forward and push a narrative, and really have a lot more cohesion in our projects. And I love that they see, or Kevin Feige sees how important the team up movies are, and he's willing to not do one every phase now because he knows that they mean so much more when we build to it. So I think phases now mean a little different, mean they're not the same as they were before. Phases before were like build, 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 Avengers movie, end of phase. But now the phases, I think, are they're, they're meant to do something different than what they did before. So it'll be really cool to see where they go going forward and how they course correct the MCU because phase four really is a hodgepodge and we've gotten so much. So I'd say we got a good amount of good You know, we got a lot of forgettable and we got a lot of bad. So it, it will be really interesting to see where they take all this. And I like that we got introduced to all these characters because it feels like phase five and six will be paying off these character introductions. So if we have to kind of slog through this middle bit 
to have better payoffs in five and six, then I think it'll be worth it. But the journey hasn't exactly been the most enjoyable. Yeah. And just looking at phase four as a whole, or not even phase four, but just the whole MCU as a whole post um, losing Chadwick and post uh, RDJ's leaving and Chris Evans leaving, who are our guys? Who are the main characters in this story going forward? I know we can throw, just looking at phase four, It it's hard to even figure who the main character is because right now, just tracking through the projects, the most consistent character and uh, a person who's appeared the most is Wong. So is Wong our main character? It It's just so, because Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man, 100%. A main player right now has to be he was the first to get a big multiverse story so he's a main player and then uh dr strange doctor he's strange also is- a huge main player but who who else are our massive players who are our tony and cap right now and i don't think replacing tony and cap is like what you should do because you can't replace those characters but who who is going to be our focal points now so let's go through it then to start off, we have Black Widow. Obviously, she's not a main she's player. Gone. She's dead. Yeah. But we were also introduced to Yelena Below. Yes. She is going forward. I'm not sure she's going to be a main player, but she's definitely going to be a focus. I believe she is part of that Thunderbolts she team. Is. That was yeah, she's a main character in Thunderbolts. So there's one character. Uh, after that, we've had, I believe it was, um, well, we've had WandaVision was the true start, I would say, on Disney+. And... We don't really know Wanda's status at this point. Um, we know that we Vision, know she will return. We know really. Yes, uh, Kevin Feige said that there's still plenty of story to tell with Wanda. That's good so to know. She'll cause... she'll come back in some capacity. So we don't really know what her emotional journey will be because she was a wreck in Multiverse of Madness and not really a a hero. So she's for sure someone that I'd say was a heart of Phase Four. But right now, she's kind of left off in a place where we don't know how to feel about her because she was, she did break bad in Multiverse of Madness. So her, and Shh. I think yeah. a sleeper pick is uh, Loki right now. I think Loki can be a huge player going forward, and he is a huge player in the Multiverse be. saga. Yeah, he like he would have to. He's like literally where we started this whole journey. I would say in the multiverse, like we legit. His ending to his show is what really blew me away as far as where we could possibly take the MCU as far as projects go. I remember sitting there when the episode ended and I was like, Marvel made it possible to do whatever the heck they want to do with the end of that movie. Multiverse is a concept which we know frighteningly little about. So you can do pretty much anything. The Deadpool project, all the rumors with that looks to be the craziest thing ever and I'm I'm here for it and you the can Mobius, do that. Mobius showing up. They yeah. yes, they have to take advantage of it right now. So Wanda is a no. Vision, we don't know his deal, so I would say that he's a no. Loki, so we have three players right now. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Loki. There you go. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I would say Falcon 
is probably... You mean Captain America? I would say Captain America, <laughs> yes. I would say Captain America is probably a main player going forward. And is it, that fair to say? Yeah, and it's funny looking at this phase for people who were main players before who aren't. Is all of Phase 4, we didn't see Ant-Man, Ant-Man once. We didn't see the Guardians at all either. Did did we see Nick Fury in Phase 4 once? Is I don't think we did because we have these characters that we... That's why I'm saying we can't look at the phases the way we used to. Because well, I'm, just, I'm just looking at new new characters that have been introduced or like are going to have a main... Like I'm trying to look at what Phase Four has set up for us that we didn't already have. So we have you know? the the ending of Miss Marvel with Captain Marvel and her switching spots. I would I would say that Miss Marvel and not Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel is probably another main player that that's gonna go forward as like I think if it wasn't so divisive, I think they'd be leaning more into her character. They would be, yeah. But. The thing is, the writing has to be there. If right, the writing's right. not there for uh, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, then we won't care about the character. So if they, mm-hmm. I think if they just they execute this next movie with her and they make her a much better character than she has been, I think she can be a really good character and fun character to watch. You just have to give her some more depth than just being just all powerful woman. So it just give you know write it better. And I would say that a character I, I personally would love to see have a major role going forward is Shang-Chi. Yes. Oh, that would be great. Probably my favorite solo production that they did in Phase 4. I, I'm yeah, not I, counting No Way Home and Doctor Strange because those are really bigger movies than that. I might even like Shang-Chi more than Multiverse of Madness. Shang-Chi is that. great. It's I love so- Shang-Chi. I've, every day I think about rewatching it at least for a second. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I really got to go. I, I also want to rewatch Eternals. I don't think I would say any of those players are going to be main going forward. I am looking forward to see uh, Black Knight and Blade, but you know, I'm not those those projects are. Who knows where they're at in development phases at this point? Yeah, right now looking at Phase Four, it's too hard to say. Yeah, this sucked. This whole thing sucked because we don't have any payoffs yet from it. So when we look back, hopefully it it rains better than it does now. That like, oh yes, it was great that we got all these character introductions done, and you know the ride hasn't been like complete trash. We had No Way Home. No Way Home was fantastic. Shang Chi was great. Multiverse of Madness, I really enjoyed. I'd say a handful of the shows I really liked. WandaVision, I thought was really good. Loki was, pro- Loki's one of the best things I think Marvel has ever done. Yeah. Just I would f- say, I'm not going to lie though, even though I would say Phase 4 had more misses than I would say hits, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed myself some of the, it, it's been some of the most enjoyable content I've had from the MCU, from Phase 4. Spider-Man, I'm I'm legit serious. The more I sit on Spider-Man No Way Home, and you call it fan service, call it nostalgia, call it whatever you want, but the more I sit on that movie, the more I like it. The more I think that No Way Home is might be my favorite thing the MCU has ever done in my hmm. life. And you I don't you can't credit it to completely being the MCU. But a main factor in that movie is Tom Holland and yes. the journey that they built 
for his character and the payoff that it has at the end of that movie. I'm not kidding you. I the end of that movie is some of the most emotion I've felt ever with anything. Go that cafe media sequence, wise. Media wise. Okay. The cafe sequence is it's it's so emotional. It's so good, dude. The more I sit and think about it, I know it's cool to hate on No Way Home right now. And I, I who knows why that's the case, because that movie is something else, man. I get angry. This is something else. This is something else. I love No Way Home. And Loki's the same way, dude. I love that movie. I love that show, too. And I think going forward, we're going to get a lot more projects like that. Ant-Man is looking spicy. Guardians of the Galaxy is looking so good. Spider-Man is nearing a, nearing a deal right now. And me and Ethan are going to be back in these seats come the first weekend of December. Because CCPX, whatever that stands for, Sony has teased that we are in for something special and to hold your tears. So who knows if this is legit and we're actually going to be like hyped. We've been burned by Sony before, but I I think December could be a, a pretty good time once again for Spider-Man fans. I'm yes, and if we're talking Spider-Man and we're talking Phase 4 and character introductions, we have to have to throw the bone out to our uh, lawyer by day, vigilante by night, Matt Murdock from the Daredevil show and everything that has uh, they've done so far with his She-Hulk appearance, which a lot a lot to critique about that, but also so much to love about the the Daredevil we saw in She-Hulk and just knowing that the MCU has a grasp on him going forward and the connections he can have with Spider-Man and uh, Kingpin. You know the MCU's got to figure out Kingpin. I think his um, uh, his debut in Hawkeye wasn't spectacular, so you have to you have to grasp Vincent D'Onofrio and the character. But going forward, having Spider Man and Daredevil both, and Kevin Feige's even said this, they will be the street level heroes of the multiverse saga. So it will be very cool to see those two team up and fight. And just getting Daredevil back is always fantastic. Uh, and I'll say this. For those of you who have really fallen off the Marvel train, and I'll say this even for myself, like I have not liked most of what Phase 4 did. Stay with it, because I think Marvel is going to start releasing a lot more projects that aren't really affected by so many things, whether it be cast members or COVID or something like that. We're going to get a lot more consistent storytelling as how we used to get it in phase three, phase and two. I think just two projects that really ended this phase proved it, that uh, in Werewolf by Night and Wakanda Forever, that the MCU knows how to put put a little tap on jokes and tell a good, serious story when they need to. So I think the whole... Because uh, Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion looks great, and it looks very... Uh, joke absent so it feels like getting away from this jokey mcu and back getting back into storytelling is where it's going and i think we do have really exciting journey that we're going to get in phase five and six leading to kang dynasty and secret wars but what is what is to come you know we have to wait for ant-man oh just kidding because at the end of this month in October, uh, on November, I believe the day after Thanksgiving, 
We're going to get the Guardians of the Galaxy get Kevin, Kevin Bacon in the MCU Trailer in all looks his fantastic. glory. Yeah. More Guardians content is always welcome. And I think it, it's pro- it's going to be another special presentation like uh, Werewolf by Night. So I'm assuming 50 to an hour for that. Not the longest thing in the world, but I'm always welcome to it. I'm looking forward to it. So we're not going to be absent the MCU content. And we're certainly not going to be absent nerd content because, you know, when something ends... Something begins, and we've still got Andor that we're pushing through. Like, not not in a bad way. Like, I'm loving the journey yes. we're on right now, and I cannot wait to talk about that. But there is still a lot going on. I think we're going to have a nice little holiday break, though, in December. And then we're going to start right back up with it in January and February. And 2023 is going to be another crazy year, just like 2022 was. So stick with the MCU. Stick with it. It's going to tell something super special. More importantly, stick with multiverse monologues. Absolutely, because we are going to bring you content whether we like it or whether we don't because we love talking about this stuff. And uh, we love it when you guys listen because, you know, it gives us a reason to sit in this room. It's not that we need it. But because we just like really talking about it, but it's always nice one. And I want to I want to shout out uh, Brandon Stoneberg. He's been listening to a lot of these. So if if you are a true listener and you've listened this far, I'd love to hear you. Just, just text me. Let me know you heard heard your little shout out. So, yeah. Yes. And I would love to meet you, Brandon. I've heard a lot about you, especially from Ethan in these past couple of weeks. So uh, that would be uh, that would be very epic. But uh this has been the very epic conversation and discussion about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the future of the MCU going forward. And uh, kind of as a whole, how we felt about Phase 4. I think it's been more of a hit than a miss. But going forward, I would say there's a lot of hope and optimism because there's a lot of cool projects coming out. And uh, we'll see where the MCU end, uh, has to take us. But uh, for now, this has been Rayside. This is Ethan Wenseloff. Signing off, we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.